That would be torture for me, no question. Yeah. Try not to say anything negative about Aaron Rodgers for a day. How could I do that? But boy, we've got so much else. The Nets fire Steve Nash. Bradley Chubb is on the move. And you've got drama all over the map as the deadline approaches 58 minutes from now. Canty and Carlin, no place you'd rather be at 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN is your Dr. Pepper call-in line. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we're starting with Steve Nash getting fired by the Nets. Let's first of all give you Steve Nash's statement in which he says, thank you, Brooklyn. A very heartfelt thanks to Joe and Clara Sy, along with Sean Marks, for giving the opportunity Amazing experience. It was a pleasure to work with the players, performance team, front office, video room, blah, blah, blah. Thanks to Brooklyn and the passionate fans who support this team. Family first, and my family has found a home here and loves being part of this beautiful community. And I will now collect a rather large check for not doing anything. Uh, that part was actually not there. But who's more excited about this quote unquote mutual parting of ways? Is it Steve Nash or is it the Brooklyn Nets? Based on, I can't tell from 30,000 feet. Based on some discussions I had this morning, I would say it's Steve Nash. Yeah. Now, look, I'm, not, neither of us are surprised that this happened because you look at the offseason and there was the thought that this could have happened after last year. And clearly... But my point is, why didn't it happen after last year? If you're willing to fire him after seven games, then you came into the season with no conviction as him being the guy... Yep to steward the ship it's a great question. going through this season. That makes no sense to me, and that's, well, what, that's why the decision and the timing of it is all so fascinating. Well, I think that there's a very good reason that it didn't happen then, and it is happening now. And that very good reason is Ime Odoka. Uh, I, I think, look, I, I, just from a pure speculative standpoint, let's, let's draw some lines together and connect some dots. Ime Odoka's situation happens in Boston. KD wanted out of Brooklyn. Now he doesn't. There obviously had to be a, a coming together of KD and Nets management. Sean Marks has known Ime Odoka since all the way back in San Antonio, and he is the one that brought him in to the Nets. We saw the reaction of Durant and company when they're playing the Celtics in the playoffs and the first, Durant could not have given Odoka a bigger hug for Pete's sake. We know how they feel about him. So is it going to surprise you if in the middle of that discussion between Durant and the Nets, maybe the Nets said to Durant, well, Odoka's available now. If things don't go right out of the gate with Steve Nash, maybe we'll go get your guy. How about that? And well, that's Steve, thrown into Nash, that discussion. Steve Nash is Kevin Durant's guy. Not anymore, he's not. Well, well, but that's the reason why Steve Nash has the Brooklyn Nets job. That's the reason why Kenny Atkinson got fired after KD and Kai's first year in Brooklyn. But this is not the first time we've seen this kind no, of no, thing. No, it's not the first time we've seen this thing. The only question is how many times are the Brooklyn Nets organization going to acquiesce to what KD and Kyrie want? It already hasn't worked. It's been an abject failure. It's been a disaster, Carlin. And the, the guy came out and said he didn't want to play for you this offseason. Kyrie vacillated between wanting to opt out of his contract and become a true free agent. But once he found out the big money wasn't there on a max contract long term, he decided to come crawling back for his $37 million option. Why would you make any decisions about the long-term future and the infrastructure of the franchise based on what these two dudes want? 
That's the problem that I would ask. What have they won you? Well, that you would make that decision. You know what? We're going to fire Steve Nash and roll with Ime Adoka because that's what you guys wanted. Chris, I don't think they did it because these two guys wanted it. I think they did it because one guy wanted it. Either way, Carlin, that's the problem. Well, that I are have you surprised with, with, and this is the with Kevin Durant that they had to do well, something hold, 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 to hold, hold, to hold, make hold, sure hold, hold, that they weren't going to trade him away and get nothing hold, in return? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is not about getting nothing in return for KD. You got KD. There's nothing he can do. He's under contract for the next four years. He's going nowhere. So you're ultimately going to do what's in the best interest long term of your franchise. And if you believe moving on from Steve Nash is it, then congratulations. If you believe that Ime Adoka is an upgraded head coach, then congratulations. I would just be hesitant to acquiesce to what these two dudes want. And then I don't know how much of a hurry I would be in to hire a head coach who in his first year took a team to the NBA Finals and that team decided what you did was a violation of our organization's policies and protocols and we're going to suspend you and we're willing to move off of you. For the Boston Celtics to decide to make him available, that speaks volumes about what they think about the character of that individual. You want to parachute him yeah. into an already toxic situation? Good luck with that. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised in the least. Yeah, because this is what desperate franchises do. No, absolutely. Well, here's Tim Legler on this whole situation, ESPN NBA analyst, and the fact that it really was done once they brought both guys back. Well, I think right now they've got to be second-guessing a lot of it, right? So they looked at that, and they held on to Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving was, was going to be next. They were going to be dealt probably, you know, within the same week if they dealt one of them. And it turns out they said, you know what, we're going to make Kevin Durant honor his contract. He's got four years, and it's in a way you forced him back into the fold. Mm. And at the time, I said, that's, that's a problem. Because it's not like he willingly changed his mind. When that stuff was out there for public consumption, that he had demanded a change in the head coach and in the front office leadership, and now you basically forced that guy back into the locker room, explain to me how in the dynamics of an NBA locker room with the amount of leadership that is required and the amount of cohesion that is required to play the sport, as a team, how does anybody think that that's going to work out? Look, with him being gone, I'm not stunned in the least. They should have done it after last season if they were going to do it. But let's get to the Kyrie part of this for a second. Because, Chris, in talking to people this morning around the Nets, I don't get the impression that the Nets are in any hurry to defend or back up or you know, do anything they can to get past Kyrie and this whole mess. Mm -hmm. I don't think, and this is not, just call this, just educated speculation, okay? I promise you this is not fact or anyway. I don't think Kyrie's going to be there much longer because I think finally, with this, his act has worn completely thin. And with this anti-Semitic talk, think about people who work in that organization who now look up, to management who now look up to ownership and say, hang on a second. He's going to continue to work here and be the player for us after he says this stuff, after everything else he's done, and not just says it, he doubled down on it. Like in Kyrie's mind, maybe he thought he was putting it to rest by deleting the tweet four days later, but he really wasn't because in the press conference, what is he saying? Can we stop talking about promotion? He didn't come out and just say, yeah, you know what? I have to be more careful 
with what I retweet and whatever. That was irresponsible of me, and I got to learn from that. It would have been over with. Even with Kyrie, it would have been over with. But now it's not, and I think the Nets have a problem on their hands in terms of people who work for that organization that if they don't do something about this, that you're going to have a much, much uglier situation if that was possible. Well, you already got an issue, right? Because you have the lowest uh, season ticket subscription of any team in the NBA. Like, you have the fewest amount of season tickets think, of anybody. So, think I mean, about the fact that you have you had three superstars on the team, and they were still number two in New York, by far. Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah. And so now this is just another one of those things that could alienate you from potential fans wanting to, you know, patronize your business and come watch your entertainment product. And, and if you're Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I, I mean, and the Kyrie of it all really is what we're talking about because he's been the face of of all of the dysfunction since those two got here. When it comes to what he did on Twitter and promoting certain materials that were viewed as anti-Semitic, you have a responsibility to explain your position. If you have conviction in your beliefs and they're contrary to, you know, popular opinions or what might be mainstream and it offends people, to the point, Carlin, where you have a contingent of fans sitting courtside with fight anti-Semitism T-shirts on, you have a responsibility to the organization, to your teammates, to explain your position, and to make yourself available for questions to the media as a result. Because you offended people. You need to explain that. You can't hide behind a PR staff from the Brooklyn Nets. You can't hide behind Steve Nash and expect him to be your shield. Same thing with Sean Marks. They all can't defend you from making incendiary comments at your own whim. And so that's the issue that I have with Kyrie, and I don't believe that it's any of these behaviors that we've seen from Kai are going to get curbed just because they hired Ime Adoka, an assistant coach once upon a time with the Brooklyn Nets, who those two guys might have liked. No, I, I think this is more about Durant wanting him than Kyrie. I think as far as Kyrie's Again, concerned with the Nets. I don't care what either one of them want yeah. at this point. Well, It's a dumpster fire right now. The Brooklyn Nets are one of the worst teams in basketball, and they shouldn't be based on the talent level that they have. Of course they not. They shouldn't be based on the payroll that and Joe Psy is footing the bill on. It's ridiculous. Well, you had a bunch of people who were trying to tell Kyrie Irving he was wrong. Kyrie Irving has a personality where when that happens, he's not going to accept it. He's not going to look at things and say, well, wait a minute, am I wrong? No. He's going to double down on what he said initially because in his mind, he can never be wrong. It is, I, I threw around the word narcissist the other day when it came to uh, Aaron Rodgers. There are some narcissistic qualities when it comes to Kyrie Irving. And I think you also realize that this is a guy that has his stepmother as his agent, has a bunch of people around him that are not going to tell him the truth that are not going to tell him no, that are not going to tell him he's wrong. And that only serves to build an uglier and uglier picture of the player in his own head. In, in other words, he can't do any wrong in his own head. Well, Uglier to us, not to him. Well, here's what I will say. The Brooklyn Nets did try to claw back a modicum of control this offseason where they refused to give Kyrie the extension that both KD and Kai lobbied for um, from Josiah and from Steve Nash. It was it got to the point where KD took multiple meetings with Josiah, the owner of the team, talking about his basketball future and saying, well, if you're not going to pay my boy, 
then I don't know if this is the place I want to be long-term. So I credit the Brooklyn Nets for trying to draw that line and Sean Marks making those comments right after the season ended, saying that everybody's got to buy into a team-first agenda. Where I criticize the Nets is not coming out in opposition of what Kyrie Irving did stronger than what Joe St- Joe Sy's statement read. Mm-hmm. I think there was an opportunity there for the Nets as an organization to say, this is not what we stand for. We're going to take the player off of the court because this is not where we believe. We're going to make Kyrie Irving available for the media to ask questions about this because this is not something that Sh- Steve Nash or Sean Marks should have to answer for. This is on him. And they missed that opportunity, but again – the Brooklyn Nets are a lot of hot air when it comes to trying to hold Kyrie Irving accountable, and there aren't a whole lot of teeth in terms of trying to discipline the pay, the player and get him to buy into doing what's in the best interest of the basketball team. That's my issue with Brooklyn. I don't think this is going to work, Carlin. And, and so if you're Brooklyn now, do you consider trying to cut your losses with Kyrie Irving right now? I think that's coming sooner rather than later. I And I don't – it's not a trade – Nobody's trading for him. Oh, no, I think this is going to be a situation where they go ahead and wave him and tell him either to sit home or or get rid of him and let somebody else pick him up for nothing. But I think the Nets are not far off here from done with Kyrie Irving, considering how everything has gone. Trades are flying. We've got 43 minutes to the deadline. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. The Dolphins have traded a first-round pick, among other things. Uh, Chase Edmonds also goes to the Broncos for Bradley Chubb. And the Dolphins also got Jeff Wilson from the 49ers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Mike McDaniel, of course, had him out there uh, when he was running the 49ers offense. TJ Hawkinson traded from the Lions to the Vikings, which... Trading him in the division, I, I am stunned by that happening. Did you see what they got for him, though? They got a second-round pick, pick and a third-round pick for a tight end. Oh, and a third-round pick? And a third-round pick. All right, well, there you go. Yeah, second-round pick in 2023, third-round pick in 2024. That's pretty damn good. Calvin Ridley, the suspended Calvin Ridley for the entire season from the Atlanta Falcons, reportedly traded to the Jaguars. And then uh, we were talking about this possibility yesterday. The Steelers trade away Chase Claypool to the Bears in exchange for a second-round pick. And that was a move that, if you're the Bears, you could make looking at what the free agents are this coming offseason at receiver and try to go get somebody now while they might be available. Frankly, I think they should have aimed a little higher than Chase Claypool if they're trying to get that number one weapon uh, for Justin Fields to work with. Well, it's not just about Chase Claypool being a number one. I think they've got a damn good receiver in Darnell Moody who attracts a lot of attention from defenses. So Claypool slots in as your number two receiver right now, and I think that's the perfect spot for him because this is a guy that's proven that he can win against man-to-man coverage. So now it's going to give Justin Fields another one of those weapons that can create separation down the field, and we know that that's a strength of Justin Fields in terms of delivering the football with accuracy down the field but this is all about the Bears being able to answer the question of whether or not they got a franchise quarterback and figuring out exactly what they need to enhance what Justin Fields brings to the table I absolutely love the move and it speaks to the positional value of wide receiver versus inside linebacker Carlin because that same second round pick that they gave up in order to get Chase Claypool is the second round pick that you're talking about them getting for trading Roquan Smith listen I look at this from their standpoint, 
I think it's a good move for them. Yes. I think they can I, I think they got better today. They did. And they still have a lot of assets to work with this coming offseason. Well, I think it's important that they shift from being a defensive minded organization yep. to doing everything that you can to facilitate the development of a young franchise quarterback. To me, this move is all about uh their head coach Matt Eberflus and their new general manager Ryan Poles saying that our identity is going to revolve around what number one is. It's not going to be in the defensive side of the ball like we've seen from the Chicago Bears over the past four decades. Okay, how about the Dolphins, though? That was a huge move. We talked about this uh, the last couple of days. Miami got a whole lot better. Bradley Chubb uh, will instantly make an impact. And, then you know, you've got him, you've got Christian Wilkins, you've got uh, Jalen Phillips, you've got some guys that teams are really going to have to be worried about. Well, you got to have edge pass rush, right? When you're going up against Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson, you got to have guys that can flat out get after it. And right now, Miami only has 15 sacks on the season. Carlin, that's good for 21st in the National Football League. So they needed to do something to bolster their pass rush and getting a guy as dominant as Bradley Chubb is when it comes to pass rush win rate is only going to help the cause in terms of them being able to put more pressure on opposing quarterbacks. So that's something that they had to do. They had to get better in that regard. I mean, Carlin, if you're looking at the Miami Dolphins, they rank 29th in pressure percentage per dropback. 29th. Bradley Chubb is going to give that a much-needed boost. And if you fancy yourself as a championship contender, having that once you get to the playoffs means everything. Uh, There's no question. And the Miami Dolphins' uh, Super Bowl odds, if you were curious, have not moved once they got Bradley Chubb. Prior to the trade, plus 3,000 on Caesars Sportsbook. After the trade, plus 3,000 on Caesars Sportsbook. Well, all of this is with the assumption that the quarterback can stay healthy, right? And that's a huge if. I don't buy into that. As much as... We like what we've seen from Tua and all of the starts that he's been able to finish. I think he's 5-0 and in starts that he's actually finished the game. I just I don't know that he's going to be able to stay healthy for the remainder of the regular season and on into the postseason. That's the biggest question mark that this franchise now faces. It is a wild day full of news in the NBA, full of news around the NFL trade deadline, and the opportunity is for there for you to be a part of the program at 888-SAY-ESPN. My friends, that is your Dr. Pepper call in line to be a part of Canty and Carlin Nation. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. So your chance to get in on the Nets firing Steve Nash, on KD getting what he wanted, on whether Kyrie is going to be gone from the Nets, and on the trade deadline. I know you Dolphin fans are lurking. I know you're lurking. You not only want to crow about Tua, but you now want to crow about getting Bradley Chubb, who arguably was the best pass rusher available in the trade market. Canty and Carlin, it's all next on ESPN Radio.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Easy to bundle your home and car insurance at Progressive.com. The Broncos are selling, as they have done with Bradley Chubb. I'm not going to be stunned to see if they uh, trade away Jerry Judy. There are other teams that have to be selling. And and one that I cannot believe that has been really trying to buy and buy heavy is the Rams. The Rams need to be selling. I, I I'm sorry. If you watch this team right now, I don't know how they could objectively look at this on the inside and say we are a pass rusher away. As supposedly they were offering two first-round picks for Brian Burns. Um, we are willing to try to go and get Bradley Chubb because I can tell you for a fact that they were definitely involved on Bradley Chubb. Yeah. And now you're in a position where if you don't get anything by the deadline, you're stuck. What they should be doing, Chris, is trading away – a piece that gets them an awful lot in return, and that's Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, well, they've got to face facts. They're not very good on offense, Carlin, and they've got a hell of a lot invested on that side of the ball. Think about the investment that they made in Matt Stafford this offseason. Think about the reworked contract that they gave Cooper Cup. Look, Think about the money that they gave Allen Robinson in free agency. Like They've put a lot into making this offense explosive, and it's anything but, Carlin. They've given up the six most sacks in the National Football League. They're 30th. 30th in total offense, 28th in points scored. That does not sound like a team that can be a championship contender. And look, I get it. Their schedule seems like it's soft on the back half. I understand that they got a lot of teams that are at or below 500. But, Carlin, those teams that they have to play remaining on their schedule are looking at the Rams the exact same way. The offense has no semblance of balance. They have the second-worst running game in the NFL. This is the time where Les needs, needs to say, you know what, we need them picks. 
We yeah. need them picks. We've got to rebuild our roster. We don't have any depth. We don't have any young talent. We don't have young impact players. You have to restock the coffers in order for this team to have any chance at being able to capitalize on Matt Stafford in the twilight of his career. Because if they can, if they fancy themselves as championship contenders this year and try to go all in with the move in the next 30 minutes, Carlin, I'm going to tell you, not only are they going to fall short this year and not even make it to the postseason, but they might shut the window on competing for a chip while they still have Matt Stafford, Aaron Donald, and Jalen Ramsey in their primes. Well, look, you can, you can, if you're the Rams, retool, not rebuild. You can absolutely retool and not rebuild if you're willing to trade away one or two pieces that can really help you. But what are the pieces that anybody's going to want? Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. AD, but they're not trading AD. No, they're not trading Cooper AD. Cooper Cup, but they're not trading Cooper they're Cup. not trading Cooper Cup. Okay, that's it. That's all you got. What else you got? Maybe you get a fourth-round pick for uh, Allen Robinson. Maybe. 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 Depending on the, the fit, the scheme. But but to me, the Ramsey thing, you're going to get a first-round pick plus. Oh, yeah, you're getting multiple <laughs> picks for Jalen Ramsey. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that, to me is where you start to work it and rebuild a little bit more, and then you start to figure out your cap again this offseason, and you know whether it's re, uh, not renegotiating but restructuring some deals and, and try to put yourself back in the spot. I don't think the Rams need to go and rebuild the whole thing, but they shouldn't be buying right now. This well, here, team here, does not have it. Well, here's the thing, Carlin. Like, you're the third best team in your division, right? At best. You hope. At best, you hope. Yeah. You could be worse than Arizona. Nobody could knows be. that. But you're not better than the 49ers. You're not better than the Present. Seahawks. You're not better than – listen, and you got to look at the NFC East too, Carlin, because that division matters. The NFC East right now has three teams that have six wins or more. Three. got to imagine that those teams are going to be playoff caliber squads. The Minnesota Vikings, the Atlanta Falcons, those are the division leaders in the, in the South and the North. I, I mean, at some point you have to do the math and say there are only seven playoff spots. The Rams don't figure to be in the mix for one of them. So if you're not going to be a playoff team this year, why the hell are you buying? That makes no sense. Sell, get what you can get for Jalen Ramsey, move on, and start over. Well, not necessarily start over, but push reset and use the back half of this season to evaluate young talent so you know what you need going into the 2023 offseason. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Who else needs to be sellers? Well, Jacksonville just went and got Calvin Ridley for the future. Yep. I, if I were another team, I would bowl them over with an offer for Josh Allen. Yeah. I'm waiting on the Kansas City Chiefs to make that deal happen in the next 20 minutes, and we've already heard reports that the Chiefs have checked in with the Jags for Josh Allen. So I think you got to have Josh Allen to go hunt Josh Allen when they play him again <laughs> in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Think about it, man. With all of those quarterbacks in the AFC, you got to have guys that can get the quarterback on the ground and it feels like the Kansas City Chiefs, outside of Chris Jones, are a little light on that. Frank Clark has had a down year. Being able to give that pass rush some juice with Josh Allen, rushing the quarterback with four and being able to play coverage with seven, I think that makes a difference in terms of being able to slow down some of the high-powered offenses in the conference. He's a good player, and he would help anybody. He would immediately And he's a young player, bolster. Carlin. He's a young player. Pittsburgh just made another trade, too. Reported, what we got? Reportedly, they traded four uh the commander's corner, Will Jackson. Yeah, they were going to cut him if they couldn't find a deal for him, so I'm sure it's not anything else. It's a conditional seventh. Yeah. So that's, he that's, is going to end up in Pittsburgh yeah. uh, to help their defense. They've had all kinds of problems with uh, their corners and health lately. Th to me, 
If you, is there anybody else that we're not looking at that needs to be a seller right now? New Orleans needs to be a seller. Come on, man. Who are we kidding? Andy yeah. Dalton ain't getting you into the playoffs. Marcus Davenport's worth something. Marcus Davenport is, Alvin, again, pass Alvin rush. Kamara is worth more. Yeah. That's the guy. He's a Alvin running, Kamara he's a running is, back with you know a what huge he is? salary. You know what he is? Alvin Kamara is Christian McCaffrey. Is he Christian McCaffrey for the Buffalo Bills, or is he Christian McCaffrey for the Philadelphia Eagles? The answer to that is yes. Exactly. So, yeah. to me, if you're the Saints, dangle Alvin Kamara out there. If you can get a Christian McCaffrey-type haul for him, because he brings a lot of the same elements that McCaffrey does, and I don't think he has the injury concerns that McCaffrey does, then, my goodness, what are you waiting for? Yeah, I don't what, know. What are you waiting for? If you're the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, what are you waiting for? Would you trade away Cam Jordan if you were the Saints? You 33 to, years old. You have to think long and hard about it. The only problem with Cam Jordan and moving on from him is that not only are you getting rid of a really productive player, Carlin, you're getting rid of a fantastic leader. Here's what I hate about the Saints situation. They're going to fool themselves into thinking they're still in this because it's such a bad division. It is a bad division. It does, it, because the division... It is a bad, it is a bad here's, here's a universal truth in football that drives me nuts. Because everybody else is bad doesn't mean you're better and you yeah. just haven't played your best yet. No, yeah. no, no, you're bad too. Yeah. You're bad too, and you'd be smarter to look forward and maybe position yourself better for the future than those other teams that are still suckered into thinking they're okay. Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are 20 minutes from the trade deadline Jerry Jones says it's going to be feverish. So what are the Cowboys going to do? We'll discuss next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. You know, <sighs> Monday Night Football, I don't know if you caught it, had a very clean mic that picked up Jacoby Brissett trying to get the Bengals to jump offside. Mm. Did you hear that? Do we have this on the screen? Do we have this on the screen, Ev, or not? 
It's in brown. Okay. My bad. Here, listen to this in case you didn't hear it. Almost got you, 55. 180. That was Jacoby Brissett. I almost got you. <laughs> Talking to Logan Wilson. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. Great. Almost audio. got you to jump offside. So yeah. here's what I want to know. Hmm. Safe for the air. What were some of the best things ever said on the field that you can remember? The, the 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 thing that shocked me the most that I heard on the line of scrimmage, and I remember it like it was yesterday. It was the end of my rookie year. Uh, I believe that the Washington Commanders had beaten the Philadelphia Eagles to get into the playoffs. Had they lost to the Eagles and we won that game that we were going to play later that night, we would have been in the tournament. But they ended up winning, so that meant we were out. So the game was inconsequential. Um, and, and so I remember taking the field for the first snap, and I'm lined up because we're playing the Rams against Orlando Pace. Now, this is a future Hall of Famer. He's all-world, first first overall pick. So it's like, man, I'm playing against Orlando Pace. I got to bring my A game. So I'm all charged up, <laughs> and Orlando Pace gets into his stance. He says, look here, young fella. I, I, I know you can play. Today is not the day to try to prove you can play. Let's just get through this game healthy so we can get to the offseason and enjoy it. I don't want to have surgery this offseason. I don't need you doing anything crazy out here. I know you can play, and if I know you can play, they know you can play. So let's not do anything crazy out here. Let's just get through it together. So here's Orlando Pace, an all-pro tackle, future Hall of Famer, brother-in-law with me at the line of scrimmage before the first snap. A full-fledged conversation, Carlin. Like, I'm in my stance, you know, you got 15 seconds to snap the ball, and this is a dialogue that's going on until the ball is snapped. And true to form, Orlando Pace is going through the motions, not to take anything away from him or disparage him, but that was the reality of where he was at in his career. Like, he just wanted to get to the offseason healthy, and he was like, look, I don't need you trying to prove yourself to me. We all know you can play. I've seen the tape. We got it. We understand it. So what, what'd you do? I mean, it was one of those games. I mean, it's Orlando Pace. So he was like brother-in-law, and I was just like, yeah, I'm a brother-in-law too. As long as I get my tackles, and I had five or six tackles in that game, then I was cool with it. Like, the tape looked good for me. He, Like he said, he was going, you know, he let me make a few. That's all that mattered, Carlin. Let's get through it healthy. <laughs> I had to explain brother-in-law to you. Yeah, because I don't know what that is. No, I, I mean, it's one of those things inside baseball when it comes to football. It's like if you're at practice and you don't want to go hard and – you come up with an agreement with the guy that you're practicing against. You don't expect for that to happen in the game. Yeah. But my rookie year in the season finale against the Rams, that's damn sure what Orlando Pace did. We were brother-in-law the entire time. I don't need you going hard at me, Rudy. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> you already made the team. You already made the team, buddy. You're good. Kenty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, just minutes away from the trade deadline, uh, about 12 minutes as they come, we will bring them to you. Uh, let us, though, hear from Jerry Jones because – it's always going to be a topic to find out whether or not the uh, Cowboys are going to be active at the deadline. And frankly, I think they needed to. I, I would have absolutely been looking for a corner or for a receiver. Uh, here is Jerry earlier today. Uh, this is him talking about if he expected them to be active uh, at the deadline. This is on 105.3 The Fan. It will be potentially a, a little lull and then a lot of feverish activity if we really get going. But uh, uh, we've got some things we're entertaining. What it is is I'm standing by the track, and when the train comes by, 
I've got ready to hit that caboose and not let it get by me. If you're not, you will miss the whole show. And so uh, I, can, I can grab the caboose on this train today in the next few hours. I think it's 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 time to stop going with the similes and metaphors. You know, maybe just I think at this, I think that I think at this stage of the game, yeah, that that's that's where Jerry Jones is choosing to live. I, I know, you understand but, what I mean? But I don't think the messages mean what he thinks they mean. <laughs> like well, who, who cares? Doesn't come long, through smoothly. As long as it makes sense to him, who cares what anybody <laughs> else thinks? He says, as a billionaire, I got to believe that one plus one equals three. What kind of rationale is in that? There is none. So just stop trying to make sense of what Jerry's saying and enjoy Jerry for what he is. All right, that's He is fair. a gift. Because, enjoy it. Because he was asked about how much he thinks about his age at this point. Was he 80 at this point? He's 80. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, am uh, conscious of it all the time. It's different than it was 10 years ago. Uh, that never crossed my mind 10 years ago that uh, you m- might be running out of time. It does cross my mind now. And... Uh, Uh, Consequently, uh, uh, I don't have time to have a bad time. Uh, It's not on my schedule. (laughs) And uh, I think that is the thing. My schedule has tightened up, and I have uh, 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 a little less uh, cruising time and a little more doing time. Did did he just get British with schedule? <laughs> yeah, I, I, first of all, I love the line, I don't have time to have a bad time. That is a classic line that I am now going to live by. I don't have time to have a bad time. There it is. That's pretty good. That's a pretty damn good yeah. one by Jer. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah, yeah. On, on the field, Chris, I think they need help at receiver. Yep. I think they need help at corner. And we haven't seen anything as of yet that they have gotten done uh, they are a, a good football team, but they could actually turn this into the second-best team in the conference with the right move today. Yeah, and here's the thing, Carlin. I was more focused on what they should do on the defensive side of the ball, but I got to tell you, after giving it second thought, they absolutely need to add more juice to their receiving core because think about it. After C.D. Lamb, you don't have a lot of firepower. Your next best wide receiver – based on production, is Noah Brown. He's got 25 catches on 39 targets for 339 yards and only one touchdown. Michael Gallup has not returned to form off of that knee injury. If something happens to CeeDee Lamb, then your championship aspirations are over. So if you're Dallas, you might need to look long and hard at being able to make a move in the next 10 minutes. Because if you don't, I just don't trust the depth at receiver to be able to step up in a way that's going to be able to allow you to compete at a championship level, especially against some of the more explosive offenses that you're going to face in the postseason. No, I don't. I don't trust them beyond Gallup, uh, and I like Noah Brown. I think he's turned out to be a pretty I don't good player. Trust, what I'm telling you is, I don't trust Gallup either. Yeah, he's not the same player. Gallup's only got 135 yards receiving on the year, and he's played in five games. I, I still think he's. I, I don't know if that's just about getting back to getting healthy. Which it might be, but that, I, I that, get that, what you're that's saying. Hell of a gamble, though. I'm yeah. not gambling my no, entire season I, on it. I need more. Yes, I need. We agree on that. I need more. Yeah, so here's the thing: Is there a deal that's out there to be made that would make sense for them? Is it Brandon Cooks? Is it trying to pry him from the Houston Texans? We know Cooks he wasn't. Would, at, we know he wasn't at practice. Yeah, today. he wasn't at practice today. So is, is that the situation? Are you waiting on Odell Beckham Jr.? They've got to do something with their receiving core. They've got to upgrade that part of it. And here's the thing. I think they also could stand to add somebody in their defensive secondary because they lost their starting nickelback in Jordan Lewis. The Cowboys got some work to do. 
in order to make this a real championship contender. They're in their window right now. This is go time. But I think there are still some tweaks to this roster that they need to make in order to get them there. Because they're a long ways off from the Philadelphia Eagles. Can we agree with that? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I actually believe, though, that one guy that could make a difference for them is somebody that they could probably have pretty cheap right now, and that's Allen Robinson. I think he could help them. I do. Listen, I can't believe that everything Allen Robinson is is what we've seen over the last six games as opposed to what we saw the rest of his career or first eight games of the year, whatever it is. I I still think he's a pretty good player and better than what they have. Yeah, I'll take a healthy Allen Robinson over Odell Beckham Jr. right now. No question about it. No doubt. 